Welcome to Mountain and happy Easter everyone. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors at Mountain and we are one church meeting in thousands of locations today. And so whether you are joining us from your living room right now or maybe your bedroom in your PJs or kitchen over coffee, back porch, I don't know. And whether you're a regular around here or maybe someone who's kind of brand new checking this whole thing out, whoever you are and whatever is going on in your life, Whatever brought you here today, I just want to say welcome. Really mean that you're in the right place, and I'm just really glad you're here. We're going to talk about something so important today. If I told you back, like, say, Valentine's Day, that basketball, baseball, sports, all the Olympics would be canceled, and that, that schools and colleges would be closed, restaurants and businesses shuttered, that, that the market would drop, unemployment would rise, and a roll of toilet paper would be a hot ticket item, and that churches all around the world would be empty on Easter. You'd probably tell me I was out of my mind, right? And yet, that's exactly where we are. And now uh, we're all going out of our minds, right? I heard someone say the other day that the shelter-in-place order has pretty much uh, changed us all into dogs. Like we, we roam the house all day looking for food. If we get too close to strangers, we're told no. And we get really excited about getting in the car and going for a ride. So many things have changed in the last few weeks, right? Like just think how different it is today to play Where's Waldo. I mean, it's just not fun anymore, right? You know, all of our groups are now meeting online. And uh, it's a super important time to connect in this day of isolation. So if you want to join in one of our groups, it's easy. You can just indicate that in the chat or sign up on our website. We do have one group that still meets in person if you prefer to meet in person, but they do have a dress code. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just got to try to find something to laugh at and find some lightness and everything, right? I mean, because if the year 2020 were a slide on a playground, I mean... That's what it would look like. It's been a real bun grater, hasn't it? So let's just be honest and, and admit that what we're facing is no laughing matter at all. It's serious business. This is hard what we're going through. And we're experiencing losses and, and we're, we're, we're cut off from friends and family and things are canceled, weddings postponed, graduations up in the air. There's some real sadness and fear. and It's a scary time, a lot of uncertainty. Which is why I wasn't surprised when I heard about a study that looked at the number of Google searches for prayer and God. They took a look at uh, um, that every single search since March 11th. Look at this graph here. Uh, Internet searches for God in that time have skyrocketed to the highest levels ever. In short, because of the coronavirus, more people than ever are literally searching for God. It's just something about maybe the, the seriousness of it all or having our, our sense of control stripped away that kind of creates this openness for God that's not always there. I've felt that. You probably have too, right? Like our, our prayers are just different now. It's like we're on this train that has roared into this tunnel of corona chaos and and so many people are, are like looking for light at the end of the tunnel. And so we've been spending some time here at Mountain kind of asking the question, who is God and how can I connect with God? Because as A.W. Tozer has said, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Like who 
God is in your mind has everything to do with how you're going to get through a crisis like the one we're in right now. So we're not going to search the internet for answers. Instead, we're simply going to the scriptures and looking at the names of God because the names of God reveal the real God to us. They help us know God. We, we, don't, we don't want to Google search God. We want to experience God in a way that's real, that matters to us personally so we can have a faith that says like right now in the middle of the COVID-19 experience, my God, that's who you are. So in a while, we're going to sing a song called Waymaker, and it's filled with beautiful names of God that really draw us to Him because He is our Waymaker, our promise keeper, and He's our light in the darkness. Because God knows we need some light in the darkness right now. It's springtime, you know, and the days are, are getting brighter and longer, but with everything going on, it's also like you can kind of feel some darkness, can't you? Like, I'm doing my best to be thankful every day and stay positive. But you watch the news and you, you just keep up with people's lives. And so many are isolated and anxious and physical distancing is kind of making that worse, it feels like. Worrying about the future. You can't go anywhere. People are laid off, losing jobs. People are worried about being exposed to the virus. And that curve just keeps going up and up and up. And in a church this size, I'm telling you, it's hitting close to home. And we've got people that are infected, some who are better, but some who are struggling in the fight of their life and some who are who've already passed from the coronavirus. So there's a there's a darkness over the land. And you know something else? I I, I think some of us are because of the circumstances having some time to reflect and confront maybe some darkness that's inside our own hearts right now as well like some of the lurking shadows of our own souls. It feels like we're in that place Job described when he said in, in chapter 10, verse 22, that we live in a land of utter darkness and deepest night, a place of shadows and disorder, where even the light is like darkness. There's a darkness in the land for sure. But did you know, did you know that's how the world began? Look with me at the very first words of the Bible from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. A lot of you probably know what this says. Here's what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, in that very first sentence of the Bible, we find the first name that the Bible uses to describe God. And it says, when it says, in the beginning, God, that word for God there is Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And that name Elohim appears 2,500 times just in the Old Testament. And here it's used to describe God as the creator God. Elohim creates with his word and he speaks everything into existence. And science tells us that the universe began with some kind of a big bang. But, but they can't tell us very well, you know, where the gases or the matter came from to create the big bang or why it happened. But Genesis says Elohim, the God of creation, made that happen. Now, notice what the Bible describes next in verse 2. It says that the earth was formless and empty. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then look what God did. Verse 3 says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Tells us so much about God, doesn't it? 
God saw the light and he said it's good and he separated the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness night and there was this order and this separation and evening and morning and that was the first day. Now go back to verse 2. Here's what I want you to see. It says the earth was formless and empty and darkness was kind of hovering over the surface of the deep. Before God creates something beautiful and orderly, notice notice something here. Before he brings light, before he pushes back the darkness, there's just this chaotic darkness. And there's a Hebrew word there that's fascinating for that phrase that's translated formless and empty. Here's the, here's the Hebrew word. The phrase is this, tohu vavohu. You try to say it. Tohu vavohu, right? Sounds like tofu, right? Tohu vavohu is when things are, are chaotic and confused. It's a disordered place. Darkness, disorientation, confusion. And sometimes today, it's tohu vavohu all over again, isn't it? I mean, within just a few weeks, the life that we had kind of created for ourselves, nice and orderly and in control, has all of a sudden been kind of like swept away by this dark, swirling mass that keeps encroaching on the sort of solid ground we had. It's tohu vavohu. I mean, everything was on track. We were going to have a great spring semester, you know, go to prom, graduation, parties, vacation, right? But all, all that's out the window and nobody knows what the future holds. Or your business was going along and now it's just upended and you're scrambling to try to figure out how to do everything virtually and with social distance world. It's, it's disorienting. It's tohu vavohu. Or when you kind of had a plan, but now you're losing money or you've been laid off. Or you can't visit your parents or your grandkids. The kids are home. Everything's just kind of messed up and out of order. And just like in Genesis, the darkness of this disease is over the whole earth. It's like this veil that kind of separated creation and chaos has been removed and and now just the waters of chaos have kind of like rushed in and it's disconcerting. And we're dealing with it on a personal level as well. Like marriages are under real strain right now. Maybe you were clean and sober for a long time, but the chaos has you kind of concerned about a relapse. Or, or maybe everyone closed up in your home is kind of making it like a tinderbox about to explode with volatile abuse or, or anger. It, it, it's tohu vavohu. And all the while, more and more of us have someone we love or care about with COVID-19. And there's like nothing we can do except keep washing our hands. That, that's the chaos and the darkness, the reality of our situation right now. I don't want to be a downer. I know it's Easter. I, 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 just, I just think it's important for us to keep it real here and get right down to the reality of where we really live and how things are because there's no use in like pretending things are better than they are. We need to confess that, that things are hard. We have real hurt and loss right now because the kind of faith we want to arrive at The kind of God that you and I need is not the kind that depends on us pretending that everything is hunky-dory all the time because it's not. There is darkness and and we can't control this world. There's darkness in our homes and in our own hearts. and It's it's tohu vavohu with darkness over the land. But listen, listen. That is exactly when God shows up in Tohu vavohu, in the chaos, 
when Elohim is there and does his thing. Remember verse 2, it describes it. It says the earth was formless and void and empty, right? Darkness is there. But then do you remember it says the Spirit of God was also there hovering over the waters. So even though things were out of control and disordered and chaotic and dark, God was there all along hovering and waiting. And then God spoke and said, let there be light and the powers of darkness wilted away. And God brought out of that deadly darkness beauty and life and order. And the chaos ended. That's who God is. And that isn't just something he did one time, long, long time ago at the beginning of time. It's what God, it's who God is. It's what he does over and over again. And it's who he proved he is on Easter. I bet you're wondering when I was going to get around to that. Because Easter is about Jesus who, who came among us and in a dark time was filled with so much goodness and love uh, and God's power that it made so much sense when he finally just stood up one day and said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have for themselves the light of life. Like you could have Elohim creator light in you through Jesus. And do you see what he did there when he said, I am? Everyone who heard that would have recognized the name of Yahweh God. Jesus is identifying with the great I am, but he's also identifying with Elohim, the eternal creator God who has power over darkness and chaos. And they looked and they said, Jesus, my God, that is who you are. So how horrible then that this one who, who was the light of the world was arrested under the cover of darkness. And this shady trial they conducted in the shadows it condemned him, falsely accused him. And before the disciples knew what was happening, they were watching Jesus carry his own cross through the streets and he's stumbling under its weight, symbolic of how he's taking the whole weight of the world and all of our sin and all of the world's ache and darkness upon himself. And so here's the one who created trees, Elohim, now being nailed to wood. The one who put blood in each of our veins sheds his own. And this one who shouted everything into existence in the beginning now lets out a final cry, it is finished. They pulled his corpse down and they laid him in a tomb and that huge stone, as it rolled into place over the mouth of that cave, locked up Jesus in a dark quarantine, quarantine kind of place, and hope kind of died in that moment. It was tohu vavohu all over again. And the Bible says that there was darkness, literally, over the whole land. More chaos, more disorder. Does that sound familiar? That's where God shows up. What if I told you that in that hopeless, chaotic, dark situation, the Spirit of God was there too, hovering and waiting, the Scriptures say. And the good news, the good news is that on the third day, God said what God loves to say, what He wants to say to you and to me. He said, let there be light. 
And he rolled away that stone and light burst into that tomb. Can you see it? Jesus sits up alive and victorious and powerful and radiating like the, the light and the love of God that can never be extinguished. And he left that tomb, walked out of there like a boss on a mission that continues to this very day to bring his light and his love, his hope and his joy to his disciples and to every single person, including you and me, who might ever be caught living in in tohu vavohu, whatever your darkness today, whatever this coronavirus thing is doing in your head or your heart, whatever your despair, whatever chaos you're feeling the world is in, Jesus has risen from the grave to announce that darkness does not have the last word. John 1 says that the word gave life to everything. That's the creator God. And his life brought light to everyone. Did you see that? It's saying that Jesus is the word, the Elohim. And he was there at creation. And he brought light and life to everyone who calls his name. And it goes on to say that the light shines in darkness. Where there's darkness, that's where the light shines. And the darkness can never extinguish it. One translation says it, it, can, it has, has not and will not and cannot overcome it. That's the good news of Easter that we need this year, y'all. Let me try to encourage you with a couple of reminders about what this really means for us right now in the middle of a global pandemic, Okay. In the midst of our own uh, loss and and grief, when when darkness seems to be covering the land again, first, remember this. However dark things appear, God is there in the darkness. Just as the Spirit of God was there in the beginning, hovering over the tohu vohu, waiting to bring forth life, and just as God was there in the darkness of that tomb, waiting to bring Jesus forth. Know this, that whatever kind of darkness you feel, whatever kind of fear or or sadness, whatever chaos is encroaching on your life, God's walking with you and you're not alone. I I, I just know that somebody needs to hear this today because you feel like you're you're going through a kind of hell. Hell is 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 a dark struggle where you feel like God isn't there. And it's hard and it hurts and it's scary and confusing. And you need to remember that God is with you even in the chaos. The Spirit of God hovers over the mess, shows up in it. And the risen Lord Jesus came out of a tomb to meet us in that darkness and say, I am the light of the world and the darkness has not and will not and cannot overcome it. You know, when I was about four years old, a lot of you know we lived in Minneapolis, and and my room was this tiny little sewing room at the end of the hall, about 10 foot by 3 foot room. It was a long, creaky hallway. It was real creepy to me at night. And I hated at night when they'd say, it's time for bed, Benny. And, And I didn't want to go up those stairs and down the hall in the dark by myself. The shadows were scary, looked like monsters or who knows what. So I had one little light in my room and it was um, attached to the wall over my head. And when no one's around, I, I could climb up on my bookcase and reach the light and turn it on. But I didn't want to tell anybody that. So when I had to go up in the dark, I would just ask someone, would you come with me? Turn on my light. So my sister, Kathy, or my mom or dad or brother would take my hand and walk me down that dark, scary hallway. You know, I, just, I wasn't afraid anymore. 
because I wasn't alone. And once I got into my room and the light came on, just like everything changed, you know. I think we all realize that four-year-olds aren't the only ones who could use some light right now. We all have this long, dark, scary hallway in front of us, and, and we're going down it right now. But you don't have to go alone. Remember Psalm 23? It says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, doesn't say, it doesn't say you'll never go through a dark place. It says that when you do, you don't have to be afraid because you're not alone. God is your light in the darkness. And the message of Easter is simply that there is no darkness so deep or despair so abysmal, so, no trauma so, so horrible that the, the love and the light of the living God can't penetrate that place and find you there. And that means that however dark things become, you're not alone in the hallway. He's your strength and your hope. And you can say with the psalmist, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Why should I be afraid? You are the light of my darkness. That's who you are. Second, remember this. God does some of his best work in the dark. Okay? God does some of his best work in the dark. He can take a, a seed that's covered with dirt and buried away from the light and somehow in the darkness turn it into a beautifully breathtaking flower, just like an Easter lily or a rose. He, he, God can take an ugly little slug-like worm and wrap it up in a dark cocoon where it stays for a while before it finally emerges as this fluttering monarch butterfly. And it's true in our own lives as well, isn't it? God does some of his best work in the dark. So don't, listen, don't miss it. This is a hard time for sure, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity. It's a, it's a shaping time, a time of growth. As you're sitting at home maybe or, or under quarantine, may, maybe you need to think of your life like that cocoon where, where God can get in there and help transform you and change you in some ways that maybe... He, Maybe he intends to. I, I, I think there are ways that God's been trying to change me for a long time now, but he's been trying to get my attention and he's got my attention right now because of the coronavirus situation. How about you? You know, the bright mountaintops of life inspire us, but it's the dark valleys that mature us. And that's where we are now, in the middle of a struggle, and that's where you have an opportunity to truly grow. And my friend Brian was talking to him the other day. He's got a serious form of cancer, and he doesn't want cancer. He doesn't like having cancer, but it's, it's led him into a dark valley where he's been able to really draw close to God, and he's learned a deeper dependence on the Lord and a deeper faith and clearer priorities. And Coronavirus is creating a unique, difficult crucible like that for all of us, which is a perfect opportunity for God to do something in your life that he's been wanting to do for a long time. So I don't know what it is for you. Do you? Is it as simple as just getting back into the Bible or journaling more or praying more authentically? Or developing your patience or some aspect of your character? Showing love better to the people you live with? Some breakthrough in the way you deal with stress? I just, I hope that while you're stuck in this chaotic darkness, you'll ask God, how do you want to use this in my life? And let him draw you closer to him and help him, have him grow you through this time, through a disorder period into some new 
reordered way of living because he could do it. He's the God who did it for Jesus in that dark tomb. And as Romans said, he's the God who can bring life out of death, calls into existence that which did not exist before. So don't waste this time. The mountaintops inspire, but the dark valleys, that's what matures us. So God will be with you in the dark, and God does some of his best work in the dark. And then also third, remember this. If you're a child of God, you know, your job is to shine the light of God in the darkness. Jesus didn't just say, I am the light of the world. He pointed at his disciples. He points at you and me, and he says, you you are the light of the world. Now now go and shine your light. And so I know we're holed up in our houses and it may seem like really hard right now to figure out how to let your light shine. But Jesus says, man, that light is supposed to be shared. Don't hide it away under a basket or behind closed doors. Take that little light of yours and let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I know it's a scary time, and, but we've got to think about this. You know, the enemy wants to use the darkness over the land to create more chaos and fear and upset. And, but, but, but Elohim, creator, God of light, the risen Jesus, wants to make something beautiful out of it. So ask yourself, whose side am I on? You know, what are you going to be about in the middle of this crisis? And God is clear. He says, I want you to shine my light in the darkness. I bet if you think about it, you can think of someone who's probably fearful in the darkness right now. Who could, you could be the one to shine hope and love and joy into their darkness. You know, it's, it's such a dark time. Any little bit of light will shine extra bright right now. So there's a thousand ways we could bring light to people in darkness. We might have to get a little creative right now. You know, here's... Here's Gaida and, and Haley and Brooke and Verna. You know, they're using their time to sew some masks. You could invite someone to Easter. That would shine a light. You could go visit your neighbors and ask them three how questions like, how are you doing? How can I help you? And how can I pray for you? You know, how you doing? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? You could drop off groceries for someone. You could send a care package. You could write a note to someone in a retirement home, help with food distribution, run errands. I, I don't know. The, the sky's really the limit. John and Ann Klein are devoted Christians, been married for decades, and their love is really deep and sweet. But Ann, she began to forget more things and was eventually diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And eventually, he couldn't care for her, and she was placed in a nursing home where he visited every day. But with coronavirus, he's not allowed to go there in that facility anymore. But it didn't keep John from shining light for her and visiting his bride and singing as he always does through the window of her room. Watch this. Amazing grace is a sweet sound. And if you forget everything else in life, you can remember that that light still shines and you can cling to that. So when you figure out a way to creatively and practically bring the light of Jesus, you're bringing peace in the midst of panic and 
You're bringing grace where there's grief and love where there's loss and light where there's darkness because God, God isn't just the one who, who says, that's who I am. He says, that's who you are. And then finally, just remember this. Because of what happened at Easter, you can trust God to bring us through the present darkness. You can always trust God to bring you through the darkness. I, so I don't know how dark it is right now, but there isn't anything God can't handle. So you hold on and trust Him. I love Psalm 30. Verse 5 says, Weeping may last through the night. That's a lot of weeping. That's a long, dark time. But then it says this, but joy comes with the morning. The tunnel of chaos doesn't go on forever. There is light at the end of the tunnel. God is with us in the darkness. You're never alone. So reach out and take his hand in faith today. Uh, Say, I want to walk and talk with you down this coronavirus hallway in front of me. And then God does some of his best work in the dark. How, How does God want to use this time in your life to grow you and mature you? And then remember to shine his light through your life in the darkness because even the smallest light is going to make a big difference right now. And through it all, whatever happens, wherever you find yourself, trust God to bring you through the darkness. Because just as he did at the beginning when things looked dark and foreboding, and just as it was on that first Easter when Jesus lay in a grave and darkness covered the land, things look dark right now. They do. Everything's on lockdown. We're quarantined. It's a global pandemic. We can't gather for worship. Schools are shut down. Work is stopped. Everything's canceled. People are getting sick. Some people are dying. There's fear and discouragement growing. But what what if I told you that just as at creation and just as at the first Easter, things are not what they seem? What if I told you that God was making you stronger right now and that our church is getting stronger? What if I told you that your family could actually go closer through this, that your relationships and even your marriage could be more united? What if I told you God wants to use this dark time to deepen your faith, make you stronger? What if I told you that in a day when nobody can go anywhere, God is on the move almost like he's never been in my lifetime and that renewal is breaking out? Because, listen, we know that even in the darkness, God is there. We're never alone. And God does some of his best work in the dark. And he's sending you and me to shine his light in a dark world and our message is one of hope and a risen Jesus that there is light at the end of the hallway and he will see us through. So we're going to sing now and and I just hope that every single one of us, I'm talking to you, will not miss this moment to come before the living God. Maybe you've been playing games with God. Maybe you've been running from God or ignoring God. But now is your moment to come before Creator Elohim God, the risen Jesus, and say, I believe in you. I trust you. I love you. I I give my life to you because you gave your life for me. I ask you to forgive my sin. Hold my hand down this hallway of darkness, through this present trial of darkness, and through whatever else life may bring, because I am not afraid. You are my way maker, my promise keeper, and my light in the darkness. God, that's who you are. Make this song a pivot point in your life right now. Do it. Put your faith in the risen Christ who is the light of the world and you will never walk in darkness again. Amen. Let's sing together.